The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Tyler all Tuesdays. <laughs> what do we we got on Wednesdays? Um, I'll have to work on that. I have to work on that. But look, I mean, it's it, honestly it, like last week. I wasn't lying. I had a headache. I have a little headache right now, but not as big as I did last week. I don't think that was symbolic that I felt worse about last week than this week. I just think it's the... What would you... Would you rather go through what you went through last week or this week? Justin played better, but it was more of a heartbreaker. I would still... Listen, there was zero progress last week. While I still believe that, that... that you have to find a way to win a game in the fourth quarter to have real progress. We saw progress for at least three quarters in this game. Something that you can cling to or hope that is built upon when you face the commanders on Thursday night. I didn't have any of that on. Dude, they, got, they were down 41 to nothing after three quarters, and our team threw for 99 yards in the entire game. Like, at least I can look at some of the stuff that happened yesterday. I'm for three quarters, I yeah. thought I thought Aaron Rodgers was was behind we were, center for us. We were entertained at least. Absolutely. Now the fourth quarter was really difficult to watch, and and also symbolic of the fact that this team still has a very long way to go. And I mean everybody. Do you know what happened to the Chiefs yesterday? You know what happened to uh, Mahomes? Uh, you guys were, were were texting everything. Mahomes got lulled to sleep by the Bears. Where Mahomes thought against the Bears defense, he could just, it was like he was playing a bunch of third graders for a week, and that he could just start lobbing passes and anything would be completed. So then he went into the Jets game thinking that, hey, I could still get away with all this stuff. And then he, he's like, oh no, I'm playing now a real defense. I can't do this anymore. It was a wake-up call. That's, it was. He, yeah. he, he's like, not every oh, Sunday you I can't don't get do a... this anymore against, I'm not playing a minor league defense anymore. Yeah, they got lull, he got lulled to sleep. Um, here's Matt, uh, uh, Matt Eberflus from today. And the Sharks were circling. Um, and they were asking. Uh, this I is haven't all, heard this part. This is all the Claypool stuff. This is really something. Courtney, uh, you'll hear Dan Weederer, Jason Leisure. And it's all the uh, reporters up there uh, trying to find the answers on what happened. Because you don't just tell as much as Chase Claypool has been an underachieving player. And as much as you didn't love what he said on Friday, uh, you don't make him inactive and tell him to stay home. You may make him inactive for that, but you don't tell him to stay home. That seems odd to me. Yes. Like something else had to happen. For 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 them to now all of a sudden basically part ways with him, so the 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 reporters are trying to figure out from Eberflus who loves to hide these secrets, and, and again he gets so twisted up trying to do so. Um, this is Eberflus today up at Hallis. To correct the record uh, for Chase Clay, uh, Claypool, uh, we did tell him um, you know not to be here for the weekend, including the game. Uh, we told him he'd be inactive, inactive on Saturday. Um, you know, and this morning uh, we informed him that he's not going to be here this week um, uh, for the game as well. And uh, we just feel that's best for the team um, at this time. So, uh, and again, Ryan and I um, have informed him of that, and uh, that's where it is. So we just feel that's the best for the team uh, right now. So with that, I'll open up to questions. Is the plan to keep Chase Claypool away from the team until you trade or waive him? 
Yeah, uh, right now we're just having him stay, uh, you know, not be in the building this week. And then again, Ryan does all the trades and transactions, and we'll decide that as we go forward. Why, Nate, why, so you keep, think him he's coming why back? keep him away from the team right now? What is the rationale behind that? Yeah, we just feel that's the best for the team. We well, just, why? Yeah, it's just like we said, you know, for in the building, we feel that's best for the team. And really, it comes down to this, you know, when you're evaluating players, right, you know, in meetings, you know, in practice, right, and, you know, in, you know, in walkthroughs. All those things, it's important that you evaluate the entire body of work, right? And we just feel that right now, Chase is going to be out of the building's best for our football team. There's almost no scenario where a team would do this unless that player was done with that team. Is that the case with Chase, that he's not going to play for the Bears again? Well, he's, he's uh, like not going to be in the building this week, so he's not playing this week. You know, so that we'll see where it goes from there. And again, like I said, uh, Ryan handles all those th- all those trades and transactions, and we'll see where it goes. Would you think there's some possibility that then he would, you would have him out of the building? You would tell him not to come to a game. You'd have him out of the building, not to go to another game, and he would somehow be on the team again at some point and play. All I'm saying right now is that it's he's uh, not in the building this week. And what transpired this weekend when you informed him he was going to be inactive? Um, meaning what? What transpired? Something obviously flared up to the point where he was separated from the team for the remainder of the weekend. Yeah, I would just say that we wanted to. Uh, we thought it was best for the team. You know, you know, in terms of transpired, what transpired is that we informed him he was, he was inactive and he was not going to be uh, with the team at the game at that point. And then we informed him this morning that he was not going to be here this week. What was his response when you told him he was going to be inactive? And was that here at House Hall? Um, it was. It was over the phone um, on, in both instances and. Uh, his reaction was, you know, we'll keep it there. I don't, it's between me and him. It's obviously a part of this, obviously. It seems to be triggering your decision to separate him from the team. Why not provide more clarity on, on what his reaction was to explain why there's this sudden divorce and separation? Because it's a, it's a conversation between uh, us, me, him, and Ryan. So you, should, you should be able to give the factors for why you made the decision, though. Why did it get to this point with Chase? Yeah, I would just say that, you know, what we think is best for the team and how we operate here as a football team, you know, with the Chicago Bears, you know, when I came here day one, right, I talked about, you know, being on time, you know, being respectful and working hard. And that, that to me is important um, for every individual, if it's a staff member, a player, or, you know, or a coach. And uh, that's where we are. And we feel right now this is the best decision for us. Well, I feel like that, that answer indicates those, those are the things, issues with Chase. Those are the issues then, the ones you just listed. I'm just saying that's that's if if we have a standard for that, we have standards for that, and if those standards are met, then everything's good. If it's not, then then it's not. What did you think about him saying at his locker on Friday that he doesn't think that he's being used optimally, that he's not being used correctly? Well, I would just say that you know when we're in the situation we are, we got to find ways to fi- find uh, ways to get things done, right? You know, so that's a player, coach. Um, and everything, I really have no reaction to that one or the other. But I will say this: we got to find ways as players and coaches uh, to put everybody in position to succeed. Matt, Ty, Ty, Ty has talked to us about finding the right buttons to push with Chase. How frustrating has it been for you as a staff to try different things with them and obviously not break through? Well, I think when you have it, you know, when you invest in somebody, right? You invest. We invest in all of our players, you know, and I think that's important to uh, find their role. You know, that's our job as coaches, you know, and that's our, our our job as, you know, personnel guys is to say, hey, this is what this role could be for this particular player. And then we got to do a great job as coaches putting them in those positions. And that's what our role as coaches are. 
Man, after the guys, game, when you guys practiced Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, was Chase in his normal starting wide receiver role in those practices? Well, leading up to the week, right, we talked about each evaluating each player, right, and talking about, you know, details, right, of their position. And we talked about a lot of, you know, with the position coach, right, and then having each position play their best game. Um, and that was the challenge. And there was a lot of guys rotating in different spots. You know, we were going to evaluate that week based on that this week alone and also the weeks prior. You know, that, you know the body of work does matter. And uh, we were going to make a decision for inactives or actives, you know, on, on Saturday. Why were the conversations over the phone as opposed to face-to-face? What's that? Why were the conversations over the phone as opposed to face-to-face? Uh, because of the time of day. Because of the time of day. When it's done in the morning, players aren't in the building early, so it was done over the phone. After the game, after the game, you said you expected him to be here today, uh, and then obviously this morning something changed. What did change between the end of the game and this morning? Yeah, just visiting Ryan and I together, visiting that we just thought that it was best interest for us to uh, have him out of the building this week in a short week. Dad, yesterday you said that Chase was uh, that was it was his choice not to be at the game, and then the team clarified that yep. it was the team's decision. Why did you say that? Yep. Yeah, well, the team clarified it because afterward I I told them that it was I was not clear on it so i told him hey we need to clarify that i was not clear it was after the game right so after the game you're thinking about a lot of different things and again i wasn't clear on it so i had I, we had the team put it out that that's in case was the case of what i stated today set the record straight in all your years of coaching about how many times would you say you've had a team ask a player not to show up for game day um i don't know have you ever done that before? Have you ever been a part of a staff that told a player not to come? Um, we've had issues, you know, before, you know, where we had a player, you know, disciplinary things or whatever that is over the years, you know, 32 years. Certainly we've had that done before, um, you know, on a couple few occasions, I guess. Matt, do you feel like Chase's unhappiness here and frustration has kind of had a negative impact on the locker room? Um, you know, it's, you know, when you lose, right, we, we've lost a couple games here this year. And, uh, you know, for me, it's like uh, everybody has frustrations. You know, but you got to be able to control your emotions right, and focus on the task at hand. And this is this week and this week alone. And we did a better job of that last week. You know, we focused on the details. We focused on on stop. us Please playing a better football stop. game. And we did that. We made, made a lot stop. of improvement last week. Now I and definitely I think need it's important that we continue seconds. to build on that momentum of playing better, Eight, okay, seven, into this week. Six, and uh, five, that's a singular four, focus we have to have. Three, two, one. Jesus. Mary and Joseph. I mean, like, this could have been handled in, like, 15 seconds. Listen, I don't need the distraction. I'm trying to coach a football team. We haven't won a game in 14 tries. He's not adding to what we're doing right now. He's a distraction at this point, so he's away from the team. If you have any further questions, ask our general manager who's in charge of transactions. At this point, I'm going to talk about the guys that are in our locker room and the guys that will be on the field Thursday night in Washington to try to win a football game. And hopefully they'll be better and I'll be better and we'll all be better at our jobs and we'll win a football game for the first time in 15 effing weeks. Now, do you have any questions about the game on Thursday? Thank you. Any other questions about Chase? I, you know what? I've talked enough about it. It's a distraction that this team doesn't need right now. Like, I, I it's just, it's, I'm, I'm, my, my brain just kind of is floating around in my skull. 
People make fun of the Belichick on the Cincinnati right, press conference. But, but it works. Exactly. It but, works. Otherwise, you get what we just heard. Seven and a half minutes of, of nothing. Of drowning. Of it, nothing, it, but it makes do it you sound realize, foolish. But do you realize Even. how much energy and how much credibility has been evaporated and used up and everything because of this one player who has contributed really nothing? Right. It, so why are you continuing to allow him to be a focal point and suck the oxygen out of your building and out of your room? Move on. Did, did polls not do uh, uh, Eberflus any favors? Is this another example where polls should have come down for two minutes and said, look, here's the latest. And, and by the way, the injury report's out. Claypool's listed on there with other. He, he's a DNP with other. He's listed under other today. Um, and, and good news, Tevin Jenkins uh, was good. full go. That is good. That's going to help he was their offense. He a full participant. So I would assume you will see Tevin Jenkins at now, left guard and now, Cody Whitehair will go to center. Will he go back to center? Like Yes, he should. Well, why, why, was he, why wasn't he playing center? I don't then? know, but they're better off with Cody Whitehair at center and Tevin Jenkins in left guard. And basically, that's their line then, isn't it? Yes. Well, no, because... Uh, well, you still need Braxton yeah. Jones. Braxton yeah. Jones neck injury. They, again, they are wasting time on meaningless things. That's the crazy part. Is uh, Correct me if you guys disagree. There's no chance Chase Claypool ever puts on a Bears uniform no, again. No, no, no. So, so why, are, we, why, why Jay, are you protecting him? Right, right. I, I love Jason Leisure. Jason Lee, like I could do a whole parody on Jason Leisure's questions. Uh, Matt, Chase Claypool, why the hell would you ever have him dress again for you? If you're not having him dressed today, why would you invite him back next week? All I can tell you, Jason, no, is is that he's so, a distraction. And he's not he's not in the building this but week. He won't so be on the field on Thursday. He's so blunt. He he's such a good question. Absolutely. Questioner. I don't listen, I don't blame any of the the, the reporters and the journalists up there for asking their right. questions. You just gotta I'm stop just it. telling you, like like this is a useless exercise for the Bears. Yeah, of course it is. If you don't want, to, if you're Matt Eberflus and you don't want to answer the question, you accept what you tolerate. You yeah, you tolerate what you, yes, you you tolerate what you're willing to. What but, what is this? That's a, now you've got me twisted no, up. It's you, the coach. You, you get in life what you're willing to tolerate is what coaches. That was his quote. You get in life what you're you know what you're willing to tolerate. Mine, can, doesn't mine make sense? Yeah, it does. You accept that, what you tolerate. It just wasn't the coaches. Like I mean, like so I'm going to definitely lean towards Coach Tuka's comment versus yours. But, don't answer like. Don't yeah, try and answer a question that if you're not going to honestly answer it, Waddle's Waddle's don't talk approach was it. the best. Waddle's approach was the best. Look, here's the update. I effed up yesterday. My my brain was scrambled. My defensive coordinator betrayed me. We've lost 14 games in a row. We blew a 21 point lead. My head's spinning. I screwed up what I said yesterday about Chase Claypool. He's not in the building today. Well, uh, blah, 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 blah. Here's the latest. That's all I'm answer- answering about yes. Chase Claypool. Now we're moving on to Washington. We need to win a football game. Yes. You want to a- ask any more questions about Claypool? That's not my department. I'm trying to win a football game. Correct. Next question. There you go. Now, now, now we're starting to normalize a coach's press conference. That was that was silly. What what I just listened to there, and again, I'm not pointing the finger at any of the journalists up there because no, they were no, doing their jobs. Yeah, if he's going to keep, but if answering. I'm the coach, it's like, listen, you know, this is a distraction. 
We haven't won a game in 14 tries. I got my hands full over here. I need to do a better job getting my guys ready. I'm not going to worry about somebody who won't be on the field on Thursday. Which day are we doing the worst coaches in Chicago sports history in the fantasy draft? Wednesday? We, if we could do it on Wednesday. We, I, do let's we need do to, it Wednesday. Because we, we, you want to do it before the next game, because that's Thursday. Yeah, I, don't think it, do I don't think it'll change any order of how no, people are going. You, you got Matt Eberflus. Carmen wanted to be one? in it, but I don't, think, I, I don't think he's number one, no. But, but there are some bad ones. We're going to do a fantasy draft on the worst coaches in Chicago sports history. This is Remember, just, that includes Tony La Russa 2.0. Alpo Suhonen, Jim Boylan, Terry Bevington. This is such a bad look for the entire organization. It really is. Oh, it's terrible. And again, like this is a year and a half into this regime. Uh, Patrick in Downers Grove, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Patrick? Hey, boys. What's up? Uh, Yeah, I can't refute anything on the coaching side, but yeah, like I feel like everyone's uh, going really hard on him. Like he's not. He doesn't do what you guys do. He's he's not a speaker. I hope he. Uh, I hope he can speak to the team, but uh, I mean, we all have bosses. He's very, very clearly being told you can't say this X, Y, and Z. Legal with Alan Williams, like he's 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 on like thin ice on every step. Also, Case Cookville, like what is he going to say? Uh, I don't know, yeah, but he doesn't so, need to, he doesn't need to answer seven minutes of questions. He should make a statement and move on. It doesn't do him any good, Patrick, to sit there and continue to talk in circles. Oh, I I completely agree, and I think he should be fired at the end of the year. But I just think it's harsh uh, to expect someone to speak as uh, intelligently as you guys do. No, we don't speak intelligently. No, that's <laughs> no, we are we're okay. two dumbasses. Well, right no, but, but Patrick, okay. again, like when, when when he steps to to the microphone and tries to talk to you about all of the good things that transpire. Now, now he actually had three quarters worth of good stuff yesterday, but at the end of the day, the last fifteen minutes were were more impactful than the first forty five minutes. So, like, I don't think at this point after you've lost 14 in a row, anyone, I don't know what good it does to talk about all of the positives right. that you see. None of the positives have manifest themselves in a victory in 14 tries. Will in Garfield Park, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Will? Oh, uh, Will, it's actually Julio. Julio. But that, yeah, sorry. That's not even uh, Yeah, it's going to make you know what? I, yeah. I keep on listening to you guys. I mean, uh, I've called in, in the past and love your show, man. I'm always listening. And uh, right now, just listening to you, it kind of reminds me, and it keeps on pushing that, you know, why don't you just, uh, you know, put his application in for the Bears coaching job mm-hmm. and have you as his assistant? Because the way you guys are answering, you know, responding to these uh, uh, press, press conference, I mean, you guys have better answers than these guys, and these guys are getting paid for it. You guys are doing it for free. Yeah, but what, are they, what did Mike Tyson say about getting hit? Oh, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face? Yeah, and once I get punched in the face, you think I got any answers? No. It's easy to sit here behind a microphone without getting punched in the face. Yeah, but I've seen Waddle on his podcast, and I see the way he explains uh, how he does, uh, explains to his wife uh, the game. I've been doing the same thing to teach my girl, and I'm watching the games. I pause the game, look at this play, this play. Look, they should have done this. They should have ran the play this way, and and I see Waddle doing it. It's like I think he'd be a magnificent coach. I'm uh, Mm going to start a hashtag of... uh, 
Coach Waddle for the Bears. Nope. All Great right, thing. send that yeah. send that to me. I'll retweet it. Okay. All right, awesome man. That's, I've been I trying love to get rid, I've been trying to get rid of his ass for seventeen years. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good one. I got nowhere to go. He's talking about one time I was talking to the television, I think, on a Thursday night game like three years ago. And I was yelling at the television, not, and my wife was, was filming me do it. I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, I don't give a rat's ass about what you just said. I love that. I was like, well, well, well she don't was they understand? She was don't they my... understand? Bill in Park Ridge, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Bill? No. Hi, guys. I'm not going to... I'm not even going to ask you how you are, okay? I'm not going to go through that BS that everybody else goes through. I'm going to tell you one thing. Well, a couple things here. 37-year family season ticket holder, okay? Um, there is, the last 24 hours, all I've heard about is Justin Fields getting traded and Chase Claypool. It is so beyond those two issues, it's inconceivable. You're, oh, uh, who's on first analogy? Was, was terrifyingly real because of everything that's going on right now. Now, Ronald, you know, you were there in the Dick era. You're talking about just now, oh, you know, this whole conversation over Claypool and what's going on with him. What, how long would that have lasted with Dick Cup? Maybe 32 seconds, and it would have been over with. And that's the way that it should be. And the problem is, right now, is I think, my, my opinion, is coaching. And there's no accountability. There's no, hey, do you want this position? Okay, come take it. Right now, it's just it's a it's just a plethora of, oh, slap on the back, slap on the ass. You're doing a great job. Everything is is hunky dory, but it's not. Eddie Jackson has fizzled out. You know, he was supposed to be awesome. He was awesome when he wanted to be awesome. He was not awesome when he didn't want to be awesome. So now we have an issue with that kind of situation. And we're dealing with a defense that is falling apart, but there's no accountability. There's no, like, hey, who wants to step up? Is there, I haven't heard anything about that in uh, 14 weeks. Like you're, like you're saying, well, like, there has never been anything where it's like, hey, we're telling these guys, if you want it, come take it. So if they don't want it and everybody's kind of just floating around, that starts with management. And that's all about Ebro Clues. I mean, oh, my God, it's like smoke and mirrors. He's like, uh, is he the Wizard of Oz or something? Like, you know, and it's just marbles in his mouth and blah, blah, blah. Give us a straight answer. Everybody knew yesterday, anybody that has a brain in their head, knew yesterday at the end of the game that Chase Claypool is no longer going to be with the Bears. Period. End of story. So just say it. And I know they're not saying it because of, trying to get some money for him. I totally get it from a financial aspect. But at the same time, you can say things that are a little bit more heavy that show the Chicago Bears fans that you're tired of this crap and you're going to move on from it and you're going to let other people step up that want to play. Well, it's, what are it's, we doing? You, you know, look, you already find yourself in, in, in the morass of it all. Why are you allowing it to, to multiply? You could, you could take some of this and just push it to the side. And quiet some of that. You're allowing something like this up there to to take some of the oxygen out of the room. And I don't understand why you even allow it to happen. Like, you are spending so much time up there about a guy that's not contributing and won't contributing. It won't be contributing for you going forward. Move on. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. There may be some NFL rules or something that need to be followed. There need to be some, some procedure. But I know as, as if, 
if you found yourself in the head coaching spot, the first thing out of my mouth would be, listen, I know you all have questions. This is a distraction for this football team right now. We got our hands full. We got enough to. We haven't we, we haven't won a football game yet this year, and and we've got a short week against Washington. Too many guys in there are trying too hard. Yeah, that we need to focus on them, not people who aren't in the building. This is what I'm saying. Like you, you make the situation actually harder than it is by allowing some of this stuff to fester. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. More of your phone calls coming up in the recap of the weekend with the Waddle and Sylvie from our State Street studio to your hellish commute home. We're there with you, making it bearable. Never mind. Back to Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. The good. It's gone. Oh my God. The bad. That is so bad. That is absolutely brutal. And the dirty. I thought my mask. Uh, wow. So many stories are running through my head right now. Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. Strike the good, the bad, the dirty. A recap of the sports weekend or anything else we experience. And it's brought to you by Finishing Chicago. Charlie's in for Tyler today, so the four of us will go around the room. And uh, one thing good, one thing bad, and one thing dirty. Waddle, kick us off. What do you got with your good? My good was the performance of Josh Allen. I uh, played an MVP caliber game in the Bills' dominant victory over the Dolphins. They won 48-20. to This was after the Dolphins hung 70 on the Broncos last week. But in the process, Josh Allen, 21-25 for 320 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. I believe he was the best player in the National Football League yesterday. That's who I got a ticket on. For MVP? Yes. Yeah, like before the year, they give you an odds boost on guys. And I didn't want to take like the top guy, but you want to get... You want to take a guy who's yeah. got a, a legitimate chance. And there were some criticisms about him and, and some of the interceptions, careless interceptions he threw. I forget what game it was in, but this game against the Dolphins, he was brilliant. I think he's been really good in three out of the four games so far this year. Um, I was watching a lot of college football on Saturday. It was a good Saturday uh, to watch. And uh, the, I, I watched a lot of USC. Obviously, now I'm becoming way more interested in USC, Justin, though, responded. But uh, USC took a big, big lead in this game. Colorado came back. You got to give them a lot of credit. But Joe Clatt with uh, some breakdown on Caleb Williams. I thought this was very interesting in the hyperbole that he was speaking. But is it really hyperbole if it's true? Caleb Williams is the best player in college football. Number one overall pick. I don't think there's any question. I think he, he would probably upgrade 18 NFL teams next week. <laughs> wow. I mean, think about that, right? This is what I was just referencing. Six incompletions, six touchdowns. But, Gus, you have, you have to think of it this way. Everyone keeps saying, like, you can't. You know, it's always it's hyperbole. It's the great. No, no, no. Let me tell you why. There's about five areas that a quarterback has to be really good. You've got to be great with your mind. You've got to have arm talent, good in the pocket. You've got to be a threat with your legs, and you've got to be able to create. Those are the kind of the five areas on, on the wheel that I would evaluate on. He's the only guy I've ever evaluated that is great to elite in all five categories. Everybody else has had a hole in that wheel somewhere. The only guy who's been great to elite in all five of those areas on on the wheel. It was fun watching that game. USC's defense has a lot to be desired. Yeah. 
and, and Shadur Sanders, who got off to a really rough start, uh, brought them back. It's an exciting game. And, and made it in. All of Colorado's games are very uh, exciting. But, again, it, it's fun to watch Caleb Williams play football. And he throws it into spaces that you want NFL quarterbacks to He's throw. He's very into. accurate, and he processes things pretty quickly. Yes. So, like, you put all of it in, and he's athletic, and, yeah, you put it all into your football calculator, and it all works. So, so that's the biggest guy in the world. What is he, 6'1", and maybe 210? He's 6'2". Is listed he listed at 6'2". Is he listed at 6'2"? Yeah, 6'2 is big enough. Yeah. Meller, you're good? My good gentleman, not sure if you caught it yesterday, Adam Wainwright pitched it, or not pitched, but he actually dressed in uniform for his final game in front of the Cardinals fans, and they had a 35-minute presentation because obviously longtime Cardinal pitcher, 42 years old. Uh, before the game, they had this presentation, and the Cardinals gave him a gift. For the entirety of his career, Adam Wainwright had told his five children that they would get a dog when he retired. And so the St. Louis Cardinals presented Wayno with a puppy in a picnic basket, and sure enough, the family was ecstatic. And so the going away present to Adam Wainwright was a a little Italian truffle dog. Um, so that's what they presented him what, with. What's an Italian truffle dog look like? What kind of dog is that? It's, like, give me a um, comp that I would know. Is this a... Uh, so it's called the Legato... Romagnolo. You've probably. I'm trying to think of what the heck. That doesn't like. I mean, just just ring a bell. Google Google. Doodle. There you go. Doodle. Thank you, Charlie. Yeah, kind of like like little dogs. It's one of these. uh, Yeah, new age dogs. Curly hair. I don't know if they're new age. They're just you know they're from Italy, so you don't see them around here as often. Okay. But uh, yeah, so That's uh, that's an interesting going away present. A dog. Yeah, it's good. A puppy. Yeah, it's good creative work. I liked it. Yeah, good call. So, Charlie, what's your good? My good is C.J. Stroud of the Texans. I honestly, I know it's early, but I think he's the truth. I mean, another 300-yard game. He still hasn't thrown an interception this year. They're going to be fun this year, and it's... They play hard, too, They play hard. They play for D'Amico Ryans. It seems like they got a good one with their offensive coordinator. I think C.J. Stroud is going to be around for a very long time. I don't even know who who is their offensive coordinator. I forget. last week. Bobby Sloan. Oh, that's right. Bobby Sloan, Jr., did yeah, you know that? That Bob yeah. Sloak used to be the defensive coordinator yes. of the Bears. Yeah, Zwani's but he never would, he never would bump either. He would play soft coverage. Yeah. Bob Sloak back under Wani. So and he, so Bobby Sloak is offense. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Um, all right, what's your uh, what's your uh, bad? my bad was uh, I got a couple. My my my, my main bad was the U.S. team. In Ryder Cup action, I mean, they got beat. It was not good. They missed a lot of short putts. What was the fighting going on on Saturday? Uh, Joe, it was actually Joe LaCava who got into a little bit of a argument with Rory McIlroy. Um, what are they? What's a caddy fighting about? Like there was some controversy about Patrick Cantlay not wearing his hat, and then the crowd was giving him hell about it, and then some of the guys didn't wear their hats, and then they were. Tipping their caps when good, you know, typical like Silly golf, stuff. You, you know, yelling golf at each wars. other. But that, so that was my bad. I got up early every morning this weekend to try to watch it, and it just it didn't Did turn out the way I wanted. Did they ever make it close? Uh, there were a few moments at the end yesterday where you thought a miracle may happen, but the 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 European team had had a comfortable lead throughout the entire Ryder Cup. My other quick bad I wanted to mention was is I I don't want to see another one of the uh, like. 
I'm a fan of Derek Jeter. I really am. But I saw that commercial about him. God forbid his private plane was grounded because of weather. So he had to drive all the way home in a Jeep Wagoneer, which I love. It's a great vehicle. They showed that freaking commercial a million times this weekend. I just sat there and was like, oh, poor Derek. His, his private flight couldn't make it. So they gave him this hundred million or $100,000 vehicle to drive home, and it's a great vehicle. It's just like, enough already. Stop playing this commercial. <laughs> and I'm a Jeep guy. I love the Jeeps. Hawk <laughs> Jeep. You never saw like over and over and over ever again? Again, it's a one thing. I love doing the bear stuff. I miss all the Sunday football. By well, the this time was I- all Saturday afternoon, too. Like, my gosh. Mm. Poor Derek. He couldn't get home in time. Poor you sitting on your couch all weekend That's having true. to watch yeah. the same commercial. I tried. I could have changed it. <laughs> or I could just sit there and bitch and moan about it. I chose the latter. You know what? I'm not over. I'm not over the Cubs yet. That's my bad. Right. I'm not over the Cubs. I'm not over them. Um, I, You know, and I was thinking about this. I was having a good text exchange with Larry Mayer of the Bears. Larry Mayer, long time. Maybe one of the friendliest guys yeah, on the planet. Well, I, I got mad at him one day during training camp. Yes, because you needed to collect yourself. Uh, uh, and and he, I think he had the best C word for the Cubs. Let that breathe. Um, and it may not be choke. I think collapse is their best is the best word. Like choke is a very poisonous word. Word yes, in sports. It's a dirty word in sports. Dirty word. Yeah. But. I I don't think I don't think they ran out of gas. That's too easy for them. They collapse though. There's no way around a collapse. That was definitely a collapse. I would accept choke because I think them making uncharacteristic errors is a sign of like and then all of a sudden, as soon as they were out of it, now they start scoring runs. The game do you notice that? Yeah. The game that they were out of it, all of a sudden, oh we'll put up a ten spot when the pressure's off. But I'm not over having to win just a couple of those games in the Colorado series or in the Arizona series or in the Atlanta series. All they had to do was win a couple of more games to get into the postseason. It just, again, I tweeted it out on Friday. Come back to me in December and in January, and I will remember the summer of 2023 as a nice one. It will be a... It will be. I will have a lot of good memories from 2023 from the Cubs standpoint, but right now it's very raw in the way they collapsed, and I'm not over it yet. And it's my bad, Meller. You're bad. My bad was learning of the news yesterday: the death of longtime knuckleballer Tim Wakefield died at the age of 57 yesterday. I, 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 it hit me hard. Dude, I, did, I did not know that. Brain cancer, I think. Yes. Right? Yeah. So he yeah. suffered a seizure after a uh, diagnosis of brain cancer, and uh, yeah, the death was announced yesterday. And for me, man, he so Tim Wakefield entered baseball in 1992 with the Pittsburgh Pirates as a rookie and went on like a ridiculous run where he won like his eight his first eight decisions and it was the last season that Barry Bonds actually played with the Pirates. That's how Tim Wakefield's career began and then he went on he pitched two years for the Pirates before he was traded to the Red Sox. He would then pitch 19 years in the majors 17 for the Red Sox. He won two World Series with the Red Sox, won 200 career games and again 
I think the last great knuckleballer, some people would say R.A. Dickey, but R.A. Dickey wasn't your classic knuckleballer. Tim Wakefield threw a knuckleball basically every time he threw a pitch, and so uh, just uh, sad news to hear of his death yesterday. 57 years old, far too young. Well said. Yeah. I was was surprised when I was reading all that stuff. Charlie, what's your bad? Yeah, my bad. He was in my dirty last week, but my bad this time is just Mac Jones again because... He got benched. He played terrible. He threw a pick six. And he's just, again, he's a guy that people don't seem to want to be around. He doesn't seem like a guy that his team wants to play for. And it's just a really bad draft pick by New England right now. I mean, imagine going from Tom Brady to this. Boy, they got some issues in, in, in New England. Like They're not happy up there. One of my buddies was suggesting that they, he thought that they may fire Bill Belichick during the year. I said, no chance. I don't think they'd ever fire him during the year. But This is the way it usually goes. Like, we went in Chicago from Michael Jordan to Corey Benjamin. Like, you're not supposed to go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Right. You know, this is usually you have to pay the piper for a while. Um, and that's the way it, it goes. Waddle, what's your dirty? Uh, first of all, by the way, did you see Jimmy Butler's hair for, for picture day? Yeah, it's fake, though, isn't it? Isn't I don't it, it's know. A wig, I, and he's got yeah, it has to be a wig. Yeah. Doesn't he do this now every year? Does he? Didn't he do the dreads last year? I laughed year? my ass off when I first saw it. It was very good. Uh, my dirty was the, uh, did you see how things uh, ended up with Penn State and uh, Northwestern? It was a, tw- I believe it was a 27 and a half point line, or maybe it was 26 and a half. Anyway, they were down 34. Northwestern's down 34 13. They marched the ball to its own 48 before the quarterback threw an interception. 226 remaining. Penn State then ran a fake kneel down play, and backup quarterback Bo Prabula hit Trey Potts for a 30 yard touchdown. They ended up covering the spread 41 to 13. A fake kneel down touchdown pass. While you're up 34 to 13, that's dirty, isn't it? Somebody had actually also, uh, somebody, um, a Northwestern backer, somebody's uh, bet 90 grand on them. On in 27, 27 and a half plus 27 and a half, they lost by 28 wow. on that play. Was that Wilbon? I don't know. I'm not sure that Mike bets on his favorite college football team, but. That's dirty. That's a dirty loss right there. I'll go to uh, college football, too. We discussed this uh, before the show. The Ole Miss security guard. What's up with the Ole Miss security guard? The entire, everyone storming the field. What's the dude have to do? What's he security guarding against? Everyone's on the field. And then he goes and he hits the woman, the girl. Like, he's whiffing on everybody, and then he's got to take out the girl? What are you doing, dude? Like... Isn't that where you're just in safety mode after that? I guess so. Like I, I don't know what you're. What are you protecting against? That that's that's bad. That's dirty. That's a dirty hit. Yeah. Come on now. That's that. that's mall cop stuff right there. Neller, my dirty. This is uh, filthy dirty. Christian McCaffrey scoring. Oh, yeah. So good. I'm not even gonna note the fact that he scored four touchdowns yesterday. Although I guess it just did. But he breaks the San Francisco 49ers record, scoring in 13 straight games. Previously, the record was held by one Jerry Rice, a pretty good little football player, in case you've never heard of him. His son's doing very well for USC as well. Did you watch a lot of that game? His son is one of their star receivers. So uh, McCaffrey scores his 13th for uh, in the 13th straight game, which sets a 49ers record. By the way, 
Christian McCaffrey has only played in 14 games for the 49ers. The only time he's ever failed to score is the first game he played for them when he didn't play a full complement of snaps. It's like the opposite of the Bears. That's a good... Isn't it the Sunday night game next Sunday? It's Cowboys and 49ers? Yes, yes. That'll be great. Throwback. Charlie, yeah. wrap us up. Yeah, my dirty... Uh, the Charlotte Hornets unveiled their new jersey patch sponsor, and it is uh, Mr. Beast. The logo looks like a bobcat. If you look it up, it's like Mr. Beast's food line or his snack line or something like that. The Charlotte Hornets look like they have the Charlotte Bobcats logo on their jersey because of the sponsorship. <laughs> okay. Mr. Beast? Yeah, he's a YouTube influencer. Okay. Uh, there you go. The Good, the Bad, the Dirty brought to you by Finishing Chicago. We're uninterrupted coming up next with all your Bears phone calls. We will set the table, tell you the latest uh, on Chase Claypool. The Bears lost. Should they have kicked the field goal when they needed to? Or did you like them being, quote, aggressive? 312-332-3776. And then Black and Abdallah again will be at JL Pizzas and Sports Bar in Palatine with Eddie Jackson tonight. Uh, he'll join them at 7. They're on with us at 6 o'clock. It's all coming up next. Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. Follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at T Waddle 87. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Fields now set, throws left, caught Mooney 40 35, left to the 30 and out of bounds. First down, Bears. Snap out of the gun. Fields takes, sets, gonna wind up, throws right side. He's got more, makes the catch. Near the pylon as he inbounds. He is touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. DJ Moore from Justin Fields, 29-yard strike. Take by Justin, fakes to Roshan Johnson, sets the throw, coming open. Moore makes the catch inside the 35 and scurries out of bounds. Shotgun snap, Fields looking, now going to go right down the seam, wide open to the end zone. Cole Comet, touchdown, touchdown Bears. And the lead here at Soldier Field. Moore to the right, here's a snap, and a Herbert toss over the Fields, hit as he throws. And a great juggling grab by Equinemia St. Brown. Inbounds, headed to the Bears bench near the 40-yard line at Denver. That's a wild play. Sleep flicker to Herbert, tossed to Fields, who took a pop. Ball still had some mustard on it. And EQ makes a 21-yard grab. Darnell Mooney on the run. Here's the snap and a fake, rolling to the right. Great block by Blasting came Springs free throw right. Hot Comet at the 25, inside the 20, buckled down there in a first down to the 18-yard line. 22 more yards for today's honorary captain on the 11th consecutive completion by Justin Fields. Snap, Fields rolling to his right. Fields looking, now tucking, now going at the five. A pop pass to Cole Komet into the end zone for the touchdown. Touchdown Bears, third today for Fields, second for Komet. Justin on a shotgun snap. Good protection, has time, flares it out, caught at the 40, Tunyon to the 45, the midfield to the 48-yard line of Denver, pickup of nine, and that is now a record for the Bears, 16 consecutive completions by Justin Fields, 16 of 16. Yeah, there was uh, some good, and including a record-setting performance for Justin Fields, he was 16 of 16. The only incompletion of the first half was a Hail Mary. And I was glad uh, they had a chance to 
Add on there with uh, the last play of the half. Throw a Hail Mary. It was nearly caught, too, at the five. It was a brilliant first half of football, offensive football, for sure. And actually, I thought the defense did a decent job as well, 21-7 to at the half. Yeah. So, And especially when they came out with the 7-0 lead. Yeah. Uh, I was mad to start because the Bears had the football. I thought it was dumb not to go for it on fourth too. down. I, I did, too. Just didn't understand it. I would have preferred an aggressive approach. Eberflus said uh, today that it was fourth and two on the first one, and it was fourth and one on the second one. So that's why he went for it on the second one. And, again, Denver allowed 70 points. The week before, yeah. Yeah, you're you're, you're 0-3. Like, what, what what do you got to lose? Keep your offense on the field. Let's see what you got here. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know the booze came down. I was telling Charlie before the game, if if your offense goes bad early, they were excited, the fans, because it was such another beautiful game, a day out there, and there are not many more of these. It was another picture perfect day, and um, as soon as he elected to punt, the boo birds came out. Really? Oh, they were booing, and then sure enough. Denver just one, two, three right down the field. They came down and it's seven to nothing. And I'm like, oh, crap. Is this thing going to get away from them early? But then, sure enough, the Bears, 21 straight points. It's unbelievable. Offensively, uh, everything was clicking. It's the best I've ever seen Justin look. The most accurate. I thought, and and it's not just completions. I mentioned this earlier in the show. Every pass play was delivered in a perfect spot where guys could run with the ball after they caught it. There were a couple of occasions where he stood in the pocket and took the hit and still delivered a strike. There was one that stood out most. It was a slant route by DJ Moore. It was a third down play, and he took a shot right as he was letting the ball go, and the ball was delivered perfectly. DJ makes a good catch, and you convert the third down. I've never seen him be that accurate. I mean, I, I honestly was sitting on my couch for the first three quarters and said that was very Aaron Rodgers-ish because I think Aaron Rodgers in our lifetime has probably been the most accurate quarterback for me, like visually, maybe not the best quarterback, but the guy that, you know, the ball's always in the right spot. It just reminded me a lot of, of a lot of the games I've seen Aaron Rodgers play. So it was, it was fantastic. And I believe after three quarters, he was 23 of 24 for four touchdowns and zero interceptions. Mm. And then in the fourth quarter, everybody contributed to the demise. And in the fourth quarter, Justin was 5 of 11. He had two turnovers and a crucial intentional grounding penalty as well. So he wasn't alone with regard to the fourth quarter regression. They committed four total penalties. And there were a lot of, I thought, mental mistakes as well. It was just a tale of, I said, it felt the first three quarters felt like you were played on one day. In the fourth quarter, felt like it was played in a separate day because they were that different. Yeah, yeah. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Just a couple of things. If you're getting into your car, uh, the Bears today. Uh, first, it was on Cap and Jay Hood. Matt Eberflus uh, joins them every Monday at eight thirty. He did clarify the statements about Claypool yesterday that it was the Bears who told him to stay home. Chase Claypool will not be with the team this week. He is not going to be at Hallis Hall. The injury report came out today. He was listed as a DNP, did not practice with, quote, other. Um, 
They're probably trying to get something for him if they can, a late-round pick. Uh, if they can at all, they will probably end up releasing him. If they don't, I would guess they're probably done with Chase Claypool at this point. I don't know if something else happened. Uh, our guess is probably yes, other than those comments. You don't just... I find it hard to believe that he would be told to stay home as an inactive. My guess is they didn't tell Dante Freeman... Foreman, Foreman, rather, yeah. to, to to stay at home no, no. or anybody else that was inactive. You never tell your inactives to stay at home. No. So and and I, even if even if you do say what you said on Friday, you still may, you still may be with them. What, what, like, and I talked about this on the postgame show. Like, uh, as you know, I reported what I reported back in June about Claypool, even though that they go on the podium. And, and I always want to tell people this about Podium, like I got a lot of pushback in June about what I said. Well, Sylvie, they're saying this on the podium. Eberflus is saying this about uh, Claypool on the podium. What you hear on the podium, can we all learn this? What you hear on the podium is complete BS. All right, Very sanitized. Most of the time, it's BS. Um, they want to give you what they want to give you. You don't always hear the truth on the podium. And what 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 I was told from. Someone in the building who's very important was, is they were frustrated with Chase Claypool. That Chase Claypool was not in the playbook. That Chase Claypool, they were had to go over the playbook after every practice, and they had to tell him, this is what we did today, Chase. Now you got to do this. We have to, we have to go through this with you. They don't have to do that with, with receivers. They didn't have to do that with DJ Moore when he got into it. They did do that with him last year. They did do that with him this year. Um, they weren't like he was always hurt too. He wasn't always available and all those things. And I told you that there was time for Chase Claypool to change the narrative. He had all a mini camp, all of training camp, and, and sure enough, on opening day, what happened? Chase Claypool had to apologize to his teammates on the sideline for not giving an effort. And then they kept going to bat for him in public on the podium. Even though he wasn't giving effort, even though he wasn't in the playbook, they still publicly went to bat for him. This has been a player that has been a headache for them behind closed doors. And they've had enough of it. They've had enough of of what he's brought to the table. As Waddle always says, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. At this point, Equinemius St. Brown, look at the stats he has done more receiving-wise than Chase Claypool has as a wide receiver, and he does three times as much.